0: And we back. Hello, everyone, and welcome to season two of the Story X Story podcast, where we discuss stories across pop culture and give you advice on creating your own. It's episode number 15 on Wednesday, the 12th of February. I'm your co-host and my Matter co-founder, Nigel.
1: I'm Tazzy,
2: streamer and co-host. Uh, I'm Gina. I'm a freelance artist, and I'm also the show's producer.
0: And we have a special guest in our long-running lineup of special guest for season two Trista Bites welcome to the show
3: hey how you doing
0: we're all good well at least I'm good I can't speak for everyone else but I assume everyone's good, good. Just walk okay cool everyone is good do you know you good
2: yeah I'm good too <laughs> all
0: right we're gonna continue so um yeah We are, I always got to remind people, we're on lots of podcasts, platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, uh, and wherever else you get your podcasts from. So please follow us, give us a review. uh, If you like it, give us like a five star. If you don't, just shout us on Twitter, because that's the thing. Um, And you can send us your feedback and questions to feedback at com. Or follow us on social media, MyMatter on Twitter, MyMatterTees on Instagram. um, And yeah, just like, let us know what you think. So before we get into our main topic of the show, which is Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of Harley Quinn. Got to make sure I get that full title in there. Um yeah we're going to get started with what's been happening in the Myomer universe. So we're back after a number of months uh, and a lot of stuff has happened so I'm just going to pick out like the main things and one of the main things is we have a new manga. We have the release of Hot Lunch Volume One, which is out now, it's in print. You can get it, and yeah, actually, that's that's the headline. You can get it. So we've been working on this for quite a while since we were successful with our Kickstarter, which felt like so long ago. And it's just been a it's been a long time coming. It's been like um, a weird process where, in terms of the story, it's been like great and one of our best stories, but just within the team, just having to deal with, I guess, just life and, and personal issues and that and that kind of taking us off track in a sense. But uh, we sort of overcame all that and we have uh, our latest manga volume now in print. You can get it in the regular version. We have a um, varied cover uh, edition. We did a limited run of that for Kickstarter and we have a collector's edition which you can get or you can pre-order because actually we still need to finish that. So we're not quite there, but like 90% there it is coming. Mm. Uh, so yeah, you can get that from uh, myamanda.com forward slash manga. And just for those who might not know about the story, we covered it in our last episode of season one, but the hot lunch story is set within our anthropomorphic um, television network universe. And it's a story about a show um, called hot lunch. And it follows the protagonist Taishi and his quest to take down the sort of shadowy organization called the Circle of Flavor who control like restaurants, uh, the restaurant trade in Japan. So it's a bit of a Ocean's Eleven meets Robin Hood story, but with animals as all our characters are. So, yeah, you can check that out Uh, as well as our latest manga we also have uh, an upcoming gamepad event. We just had our new year event in January, and we 're now planning to do our summer event in june so we 're looking forward to a big year with like gamepad so we 've got our main events that we do, and then hopefully some opportunities to do sort of smaller experiences in collaboration with different organizations so we 're going to be talking more about um, those events as we get things confirmed. But um, for now, you can check out the details of the next event in June. Um, just head to gamepad.events and you can get uh, tickets and find out a bit more about all the different games that will be will be running. And uh, last thing is conventions and events. So I feel like whenever the year starts, January is like the quiet period where you sort of plan what you're going to do for the year? Are you plan different events, and then February is like a mad rush to book everything, and then all your money uh, goes, which is where I'm at um, at the moment. So uh, we booked one convention, which is MCM Birmingham. So I'm going to be in a comic village uh, in March. Actually, when is um, when is Birmingham? Does anyone know? I should know. Oh, I oh. saw
1: a post about it earlier.
0: March. Oh. I'm
2: going and I don't remember. Okay. Hold <laughs> <laughs> there there on. But... March 21st and 22nd.
0: There you go. Uh, yeah. I mean, the important thing is MCM have our money. So that, yeah, we'll, we're in. So you'll see us there. So, yeah, you can um check us out in the Comic Village where we'll have like all our manga, uh some select bits of merchandise. um And then also we're doing more of a local event. So we've got the Deptford Literary Festival happening on March 14th. I do remember that one. Um, I've not done this event before. Uh, In fact, I don't even know if there's been a before, but it's a celebration of all things uh, books and words and stuff. So we're going to be doing a workshop and also have some of our manga uh, on sale. So you can yeah just follow us on social media and you'll find out kind of exactly what we're going to be bringing to those shows. And there's a whole bunch of stuff, cause but yeah, it's been so much happening. But I'll like reveal more on on um, future episodes. So yeah, we're gonna kind of lead in and find out what people have been consuming story wise. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, so this is kind of just a little roundup of what everyone has been reading, watching, or playing. Uh, we're going to start off with our guest, uh, Trista Bites or Bex, as we'll probably be
3: referring to her throughout Beth. this episode. <laughs> so Beth, um... throwing me in the spotlight first,
1: <laughs> Bex, uh, what what have you been reading, watching, or
3: playing? Uh, I've been playing a lot of Diablo 3 recently, which is uh, good fun if you like dungeon crawlers and uh, blowing things up. Um, So dragons, lightning, explosions and stuff like that. Um, I've also been uh, introducing one of my friends to my favourite anime series, which meant that I've rewatched a little bit of Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood recently, um, which usually means I'm going to watch the whole series again. Um, That tends to happen every time I introduce somebody to it because it is fairly universally accepted by most people that it's in everyone's top 10 of anime series ever um which is quite a bold claim but i i sort of challenge you to find anyone who will say definitively it's not good <laughs> <laughs> most people will kind of say it's not one of my favorites but yeah it's is, it is really good um <laughs> uh it's uh it's full metal alchemist brotherhood is the second series based on the manga the first one that came out was just called full metal alchemist in i think 2003 and then i think brotherhood was in 2008 2009 um i would recommend everyone watch the brotherhood version they made the first series before the manga was finished and went off in some weird directions with the plot um some people do like it but most people will say the brotherhood version is better it's uh if anyone hasn't hasn't heard of it it's set in a world where alchemy is magic which you can use to create things and is also weaponized by the government uh, as a peacekeeping mechanism as well and it mixes kind of uh sort of fantasy and and magic and so forth um and the story centers around two young protagonists who are brothers, uh, both of which are alchemists and their journey to learn more about um, where their power comes from, how their world works, uh, kind of coming of age drama. Also quite dark in places, equally quite human and funny. And um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's an incredible series. And uh, I recommend anyone who hasn't seen it or who would like to debate that it's one of the best anime series is out there to uh, give it a watch and, and then come back and comment and uh, let us know what you thought.
1: <laughs>
3: Definitely have to agree with you. There is such a great series. Mm. It's It's got so many, the pacing's beautiful. The animation is beautiful. Uh, for anyone that's not keen on subtitles, the dubbed version up on Netflix is um, actually really, really good and a very faithful translation. So it's a good one to watch dubbed. Um, if you uh, are someone who struggles a bit with subtitles Um yeah such a range of characters all the way the stories all tie together just um really really wonderfully put together series excellent um gina
1: what about you what have you been reading watching or playing recently
2: i've been playing this game it's a japanese game that has like an unofficial translation but it's apparently approved by the creators it's called your turn to die which is another one of those killing games because apparently i play a lot of those ones um
1: <laughs> <laughs> definitely a <It's>, trend review <laughs> yeah
2: i don't know what happened i've never been into them and then suddenly like two in a row just showed up um but it's a like death by majority vote so you like i think I'm, it's in chapters there's only two out at the moment i think the first one's probably gonna um, the first one uh the third one the last one's gonna come out this year, I think. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure the first chapter is very linear and you had to kind of make those decisions. But the second one is just really like, they, they've just given you, you can do anything in that chapter. And it was like a real shock because I didn't expect it after playing the first one. Um, it's got like really good characters in it and the story, like, like it's all pixels. So it's, I, I don't know why I just find pixels to be even more creepy than like seeing actual 3D graphics sometimes. So like the deaths are really... Like, not nice in them, but they're it's like a really creative um, game, and like doing all the detective work is fun. But yeah, I recommend it. it's free as well, so that's always a bonus. But yeah, it's been really good. I didn't expect to like it, but I really enjoyed it actually. And I'm looking forward to whenever the third chapter comes out. Interesting,
1: interesting. Um, okay, so I. Decided to go with a TV show. I somehow never actually talk about games on this. And I'm the gamer out of the hosts. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> Interesting. Um, I guess it's because I take so long to complete games. Uh, that I feel like I can't do them justice until I finish them. Um, so I have been watching. Well, I've watched, binge the whole lot. The Witcher. And then started it again from the beginning.
3: <laughs>
1: <Is that how laughs> so you were I behind
3: expected? everyone, and then you've just doubled down.
0: Yeah, yeah, you you've lapped everyone now.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, so obviously, it took me a while to actually start watching it, and then I watched the first episode. Uh, was watching it with Tom, and you know you've got to like stay loyal to the when you're watching a Netflix show with someone. Um, <laughs>
0: so that was it
1: took like a while for us to get around to the second episode. And then we were both ill. uh, So binged, had a chance to just binge the whole of it. (laughs) Um, And I got to the end and I wanted so much more of it. That I was like, I'm just going to start it again. (laughs) It's one way to do it. (laughs) I can't wait. I can't wait for season two. (laughs) I'm just going to watch it again. Let me do that. Um, But yeah, no, I really, really, really enjoyed the series. Um, I have not played any of the Witcher games though I have read one of the Witcher books. Um, And it was really weird watching this because I read the books about three years ago. Um, And it was like deja vu because it was so much like how I imagined some of those scenes in my head, Uh, which is always good for a uh, visual adaptation of anything that i've read so it's
0: like a faithful recreation you're saying
1: i can't say if it's faithful because okay. it was a while ago that i read it but <laughs> <laughs> so i'm like i don't know how exact it was but definitely gave me deja vu and i was like oh my god and we was watching uh a couple of the episodes that i've been like wait i actually know what happens here uh which is weird. It was really surreal. A really surreal feeling um, of just kind of not having remembered the stories. Uh, and then it being like, here they are. You now remember them. Uh, and here's the visuals. And they kind of run with what you imagined. Uh, it kind of made me think like, wait, have has there been like a Witcher series before? <laughs> um so that's good. I'm curious to read the books again uh, and then see like how much of it was really accurate and and how much of it they just captured it well. Um but regardless of if it is or is not like the books excellent series uh there is a song. If you have not watched it yet, there is a song that
3: will get stuck in your head. You cannot <laughs> escape that song. <laughs> you, exactly, you cannot escape the song. I had the really song unbarred. before I'd seen the series. That's how prolific same, that song is. Same,
1: same. <laughs> we watched the. Ep- I think it's episode. Is it episode two that the song uh, happens in? Um, and I was singing along for it, for it, uh, to it. And Tom was like, "How do you know the song already?" I'm like. Uh, you have the internet. internet. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, no, the characters are great. Uh there's there's a character for everyone, I'd say. There's someone that everyone will love. Um and oh, I I need to look to see if someone's done this, but um we sort of like were laughing at the grunts <laughs> from Geralt. <laughs> And I really hope someone's made a YouTube video that is all the grunts from Geralt in series one of The Witcher.
3: <laughs> well, there is numerous videos of all the times in God of War that he says, boy. <laughs> so I think there's a high chance. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, I hope there is. I'm going to have to look after this podcast. Um, but yeah, no, it's really good. The, the acting's great. The action's great. Uh, the costumes, brilliant. Um, and it's slightly cheesy, but in a good way, in a very, very good way. Just a, just a sprinkle of cheese, you know?
0: A little like, bit of cheese is not just, a bad thing.
1: Yeah. It's like just sprinkling some Parmesan on your, yeah. on your spray or something.
0: Yeah. just Yeah. Put it on there. I'm hungry.
1: <laughs> but yeah, watch The Witcher, regardless of if you've played the games. Watch it; it's great. Okay, Nigel, what about you? What have you been?
0: Yeah. So, just uh, on the topic of sort of taking long to complete games, I am because I wanted to talk about Last of Us, which I only just started like late last year, but I haven't finished it yet. So I'm going to save that um, for another because I feel like I also need to finish it, particularly this game because it's so um, sort of story focused. So. Uh, look out for that in a future episode. But uh, I thought I'd keep it sort of DC themed and talk about um, Gotham. I'm now on season three, sort of making my way through that, uh, and have some thoughts. Uh, got some thoughts. Wait, I, may- I actually made some notes because I was watching, and I'm just like things were popping into my head. Uh, so I-, I like I like the show. Uh, I had a few kind of like issues i guess i'm i'm noticing i don't know if i think uh, to be fair tazzy was the one who sort of recommended i watched it so i'm guessing you've seen all the seasons
1: no i've not
0: okay How far? i've seen them all okay um
1: oh god what season am i i've seen i've seen everything that's on netflix no nearly everything that's on netflix i think i've like not watched two episodes or something
0: okay Cool. So I guess you're yeah, and um Vexus So I'm getting the suspicion that the middle series aren't as strong as the first one. Um and, and as I'm watching, I feel like this is a show that could benefit from being a fewer episodes, uh from having fewer episodes per season. So I felt the, the first season was really strong. Uh and the second season was good and the third season is not as not as strong as the previous ones. Uh, I don't know if, uh, yeah, you agree or disagree. Um, and I just noticed uh, certain things where, like, I'm trying not to say too much, but characters will kind of do or say silly things that is not necessarily in their character. Uh, so Enigma um, being one where in the in season three, he, uh, what can I say without... He sort of gets into a relationship that doesn't go so well for certain reasons, and he comes to some conclusions that I felt a man as smart as his character, especially him, he's demonstrated over and over again, wouldn't have necessarily come to. Uh, and it was just a bit disappointing because, like, ah, I feel they've done this because we need a certain number of episodes, we need to fill in um, sort of these gaps, we're going to make him take this decision when he probably would have sort of figured it out um, before. Uh, and then I just had the the issue of like some character threads and, and plot threads sort of coming uh, and then like just going over a season and sort of going nowhere. And yeah, so I just got a feeling that maybe a shorter, tighter season would benefit the show. Having said that, I am really enjoying it. And like I said I can't remember which episode I mentioned it on, but it what it really has going for it is the fact that you come into the show knowing who these characters are, and it's just the the evolution, seeing that evolution um, as these younger characters become who you know them to be, and how did they get like this? So, uh, in particular, you kind of you're seeing Bruce uh, become sort of Bruce Wayne, and and you're seeing him become Batman. You're seeing bits of his character being added on that are going to make him uh, the man he he becomes. There's a sequence where uh, Alfred, who is still um, probably my favourite character in the show, um, Alfred is just like the butler that everyone needs. Um, so he's teaching Bruce how to fight. And you kind of, over a while, you see, uh, oh, wow, now he's picked it up. And now he's able to defend himself and attack. And um, yeah, I just love seeing that evolution of the characters the slight issue it, it it poses that because you know these characters survive in certain situations it takes out the dramatic tension because they'll get into situations where it's like all right, well, I know we know Batman makes it so he's not actually in any real danger um but I guess that just uh, comes with the nature of the show and I will say that um Jerome uh I I love that character because he just takes over (laughs) completely like in terms of his uh, performance i feel like the actor is just having a whole lot of fun with it and that just comes through where he's just yeah he's just like anarchy personified so i really enjoy watching like uh, certain performances as well Uh, so yeah i think um i think it's really good i think the middle i feel like the middle seasons have some flaws but i'm enjoying watching it so i'm gonna continue with it and get to what well, they can are they cancelled it
3: it's finished so okay. yeah it wraps up and has a, a final episodes with a 10 year in the future kind of wrap-up complete okay. ending kind of thing so it is yeah it's now a contained story
0: cool i yeah i like that's music stories that have ends. yeah it really is so yeah I'm, I'm i'm there for the the whole thing so i'll let you know kind of how my thoughts progress
1: yeah. Wow. I definitely agree with you with, with the the slowness in the middle.
3: Um mm. it does pick up. Yeah, yeah I don't wanna this. spoil it, but it um okay. it, and it they started off making something very serious, they then realized it was a bit silly, they then weren't yeah. quite sure. They they you're about at the point where they're just about to lean into just going full out Okay <laughs> kind of yeah, extreme with stuff. And cool. the pace picks up a lot and they start throwing stuff at you very quickly and there, there becomes more and more um I'd, I'd say Easter eggs and in jokes, but it gets verging on full wall breaking at a few points. Okay. Interesting. Um Yeah, there's I won't say how it occurs and stuff there, but there is one point where there is a brass band on a stage and <laughs> they are playing the theme tune from the original batman 60s cartoon (laughs)
4: series
3: (laughs) and i saw a henchman reading a copy of detective comics in one episode as well like they really
4: okay
3: just like i binge watched all of all of it when i was ill once Mm. and um, was just like this is the perfect thing to watch when you need something that's just highly entertaining um in some points completely ridiculous and not not too serious not not too heavy
0: um it's perfect. And you
3: that. could enjoy it as a, yeah, in it, 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 comic book all the way.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. The tone is weird. The tone kind of does switch, especially with, like, some of the, uh, the penguins' character and interactions. But, uh, yeah, cool. All right, that's good to look forward to. I'm, yeah, definitely sticking with it. Um, all right, so with that, we're going to move into our main story discussion. And yes, so we're all here to talk about the new film Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. That's the last time I'm going to give that full title because that is a mouth load. Uh, but yeah, directed, um, or oh, sorry, uh, written by Christina uh, Hodgson and directed by Kathy Yang. Uh, yeah, so obviously, spoiler alert, we're going to be talking about particular details in the uh, in the film and... and yeah, so if you haven't seen it, probably want to watch that first. Or if you don't care about spoilers, like Gina, stick with us. So before I get into a recap of the story, let me just get some quick takes uh, and impressions of the film from everyone. And yeah, I'll just like we'll get into it. So, what did you? Yeah, what did you all think?
3: Okay, well, I'm I'm quite a big fan of the Batman universe and Harley Quinn and things like that in general. So it's a film where like it had it had both reasonably high expectations to live up to for me because it's got some characters i love in it but also i felt that suicide squad was kind of a hot mess so i sort of went into the cinema without knowing what i was really going to get for for my 15 quid um and i guess the short version of it is i didn't feel robbed but i don't think i would buy the blu ray I think that's like the shortest way of summarising. <laughs> I enjoyed okay, myself. That does say a lot. Yeah, I enjoyed myself, but I I don't think it has masses of rewatchability. Interesting.
1: Interesting. Yeah. What do you I'm, think? Toto? I'm going to go with like quite an opposite take on it, mm-hmm. uh, but then also coming into it from sort of like the opposite way, I guess, because I don't re- I don't read comics. Big confession, uh, I've only read a few. Um, and uh, I used to love Batman, like cartoons, but I've never like properly followed any stories because when I was younger, I did not follow anything like in the order it should be followed. So I just like the characters uh, from my sort of um, way of interacting with them. Uh, I My um, impressions of this film was fun which I think if you don't come out of a film that's mainly about Harlequin and you don't think fun, then it's the wrong film. Uh, (laughs) And like, I was quite impressed. I feel like it could have been... I feel like it tiptoed a little bit, but I plan on getting the (laughs) Blu-ray.
0: Okay, so we've got one Blu-ray sale. (laughs) Cool. All right, I... Mm. I'm going to put a question mark on the blu-ray uh, I think I will <laughs> lead more towards specs and so I also think Suicide Squad was a hot mess that was a terrible film and yeah I mean this was better but that's no real kind of that's no bar uh, really um, but I, I enjoyed it so I also came out and think, uh, thought yeah that was that was fun uh, I felt it started a little disjointed Um not sure how long but there was a point where I lost a bit of focus in terms of like whose film is this um a lot of jumping around and then it got to a point where it brought some focus sort of plot wise in terms of uh we knew you know what was at stake we knew who was on what side and everything and then what the kind of goal was and I was like okay now I'm sort of on board and uh sort of got to a point where I kind of I guess accepted it for the film it was uh, and then just enjoyed the ride while i was on it if that makes sense so uh i enjoyed it um i've heard yeah, varying reactions uh, case in point last five minutes but yeah um i thought it was an enjoyable enjoyable ride um so for a reminder we'll just go into a recap of the story and then We'll just talk about particular points and any issues and see if we can get uh, more Blu-ray sales for uh, Warner Brothers. Uh, So yeah, let's go into a recap of the story. So following the defeat of Enchantress, the Joker and Harley Quinn break up. Recovering from the abusive relationship, Harley blows up, up the Ace Chemical plant where she first pledged herself to the Joker. At a nightclub owned by the gangster Roman Sionis, Harley cripples Roman's driver and is later rescued from an attempted abduction by the club cigar, Diana Lance. The effort earns Diana a job as Roman's new driver. Meanwhile, GCPD detective Renee Montoya is investigating a series of mob killings carried out by the crossbow killer. She finds Harley's necklace at the Ace Chemicals explosion, noticing that Harley is now in danger without the Joker's protection. Roman sends Dinah and Victor Zaz to retrieve a diamond embedded with the bank account numbers to the fortune of the Bertinelli crime family, but pickpocket Cassandra Kane steals the diamond from Zaz, is arrested, and swallows the diamond. While on the run, Harley is captured by Roman's men and offers to recover the diamond in exchange for keeping her life. Roman agrees, but also puts out a bounty on Cassandra. Harley decides to break Cassandra out of the GCPD, and the two escape to Harley's apartment above a Chinese restaurant owned by Doc. But Doc soon sells out Harley after being offered lots of money and lots of people. Harley's apartment is bombed by criminals looking for Cassandra, and she calls Roman to offer her in exchange for his protection. They agree to meet at an abandoned amusement park. Dinah tells Montoya about the meeting, but Zaz noticed her text message and tells Roman, Devastated by the betrayal, Roman dons his black mask and heads to the park. Victor Zaz arrives and is later killed by Helena, leaving Montoya, Helena, Dinah and Harley in a standoff until they realise Roman has arrived with a small army. The women fight off Roman's goons, but Cassandra is captured by Roman. Dinah uses her metahuman ability to scream at supersonic levels, allowing Harley to chase Roman on roller skates to a nearby pier where Cassandra plants a grenade on Roman and kills him. After destroying Roman's criminal empire, Montoya quits the GCPD and joins Dinah and Helena to become vigilantes known as the Birds of Prey. Harley pawns the diamond and uses the money to start her own business with Cassandra. The end. So, yeah, I was thinking, like, I didn't think this going into, but after I uh, left the cinema... Uh, and kind of went on with my life I was thinking you've got like even before we get into like the the details of the story just a difference in the reaction between uh, the last DC film Joker uh, and Birds of Prey and I heard somewhere an interesting kind of point about the difference in reaction that both got and when the Joker came out because both films have protagonists that are sort of quote-unquote bad people but the reaction from the Joker was really negative in terms of how it had a a bad person as a protagonist, whereas it didn't. Uh, Birds of Prey didn't quite get that reaction. So what I was kind of thinking, and and the point that was made is that is was the shift in tone um, all that's needed because Joker was quite a serious film, uh, Birds of Prey not so serious, and the perception was a lot different. So what did you think of the difference in reaction or lack? Well, yeah, lack of reaction in Birds of Prey, like to a film where the character is still a killer and kind of a, a psychopathic killer, if uh, if I to use that term.
1: Um, I think there's several reasons that Birds of Prey did not get the the same sort of backlash that Joker did. A uh, the the Joker was um kind of like we all know the joker everyone knows the joker not as many people know harlequin's character they just know of her she's kind of like just this and she's like super colorful it's kind of like i don't know like everyone has a different sort of view of her how they've been introduced to her uh and also uh birds of prey was coming off the back of a crap film <laughs> <laughs> okay not a crap film i actually enjoyed it but what most people see is not a great film so the sort of like tone of it is like from that whereas the joker was coming from a completely different angle it wasn't coming off the back of anything other than obviously okay. the joker's previous perceptions in countless other uh things. Yeah.
0: So bigger prior knowledge.
1: Yeah. Um so but this was literally coming off a film that, you know, didn't necessarily do great. Uh there was not much seriousness in in it. Um and as well, the last thing is uh I don't think people take take the idea of a uh female like crazy killer uh as seriously as a male crazy killer um which i think is one of the reasons why this film was so good <laughs> okay. i think
3: for what... me looking at the joker a lot of people were saying it was justifying and romanticizing his actions and they were saying it was kind of glamorizing that violence um and i sometimes wonder if that those people watch the same film as me because Watching the Joker, a lot of the things he did, you're not supposed to sympathise with the way he's handling things. Um, When he's on that TV show, you can see the reaction of the audience and the TV host. You aren't supposed to think what he's doing is justified at all. Um, But people seem to, and some of the the negative press I'd seen, seem to think that it was somehow romanticising it. But if you make the violence slapstick and comedy then somebody doing something very horrific, like deciding they don't like someone, so breaking both of their legs. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> because it's presented as in a slapstick way. Somehow that um, doesn't get anywhere near the same level of um, criticism. Um, so having a different tone just just really really changes the the level to which people think it needs analyzing or think it needs a judgment placed upon it I think um and yeah I've heard a lot of things about both films which um I found surprising to say the least I think
1: Birds of Prey as well I think the Joker has a lot of like uh guns (laughs) whereas even though there is probably equally the amount of guns in Birds of Prey uh I mean they're not I'm trying to think of when they're used. Uh
3: but there's yeah, like There's a lot of non-lethal comedy yeah. violence in Birds yes. of Prey. Yeah But like, there's, there's still but there the, the a occasional lot of limb moment. Breaking. Yeah. There there's the occasional moment. Breaking. And you know, uh they you know, Harley does feed somebody to a hyena. Yeah. Yeah, that's
4: um, <laughs>
1: but yeah, I <laughs> think that like difference between <laughs> Between like having like a Quite a serious, like an a serious gun, and then like harder queen comes in with like what a, I don't even know what that is, but with the Alex. oh
0: the, the colourful, yeah, I don't know what you call that is it's smoke bombs. Secrets.
1: Some of them were glitter bombs, like <laughs> so. Even though she's firing a weapon at them, it's a non-lethal. And I feel like up until the end, there's like not much. It's it's a lot of physical violence like contact violence
0: that's the one yeah no i get that I, yeah i did think it was just interesting how like you said the the tone the shifting. tone could make watching not the same because the, the sequences weren't the same but just violence and excessive violence in places like okay and like you say not warranting sort of further examination um where in the film there is <laughs> like people get hurt and people get um, yeah, are, are killed, or blown up, or fed to wild animals. Um, but it's just taken as comedy.
1: Also, they don't um, hang up on any of the death, like any of the violence in Harlequin. Kind of something violent happens and they're That's like, OK, on to the next bit of violence, on to the movie. <laughs> um, whereas The Joker, obviously, it's making a point of the violence. Um, so you spend a lot of time around each violent moment. Uh, Whereas with Birds of Prey, like she jumps on his legs and then we're in the next shot. Like (laughs) it happens and we move on. Uh, And like, I guess that adds to like the slapstick comedy way of it, but it's you you don't linger on it because you're
3: already at the next bit.
0: Yeah, no, I get that. If you
3: have a a comedy slapstick tone, you can be incredibly violent without it meaning anything at all that's kind of how humor works in a lot of things i mean look at you know when you've got sort of monty python and the holy grail when you have someone whose limbs all get cut yeah. off oh, and because he says ah, it's but a scratch um you know or, or the killer the killer bunny and that um tone definitely obviously has a massive effect on how people critically look at things um but yeah i think i just found it interesting that people thought joker was glamorizing something whereas those moments are quite Painful to watch in Joker, yeah. whereas in Harley, if, if in, in I'm calling it a Harley Quinn movie, oh, I should be calling it First we talk. Yeah, it is her film. Um,
4: <laughs> yeah.
3: She she's doing things which are um you know potentially quite life changing or murdery, um, <laughs> and yeah, it, it there there are kind of no consequences other than that was funny, sharp cut, next thing. Yeah. Saying that though, uh, it the way that the film kind of
1: is structured, it. Makes it seem like there's no consequences, but everything catches up on her, like karma. (laughs) And they do also mention stuff. So, like, like you said, like life changing things. We're going back to the breaking the legs. Uh, Mm -hmm. They do actually like to point out a lot that uh, that is now like he is now disabled for life. (laughs) He is now in a wheelchair. I actually
0: forgot that (laughs) he
1: cannot do his job. Like. And it's a massive inconvenience uh, <laughs> <laughs> for our for our um for our villain in this. So it's kind yeah. of like it is mentioned, but you just don't focus on it's just not focused on.
0: Yeah, like you say, it's kind of like on to the next thing.
3: Yeah. It's a punchline rather than a anything a with any emotional weight. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs>
0: You don't so, physically
3: mean, feel sorry for the driver even though you don't get the impression he did anything to really warrant it.
0: Yeah, we didn't even know it.
3: Yeah, I just feel
1: like he's constantly saying a lot of stuff to to other, not just Harley, but girls in general. And then she's he, just, he had it coming.
0: He looked like that type of character. That's,
1: that's just like the, I mean, he could have been really nice. Well, not really nice, but not as bad. Uh, but I don't know, I've got that vibes. I mean, we yeah. was in a club setting. <laughs> uh,
3: I don't know, Har- so, Harley did a lot of things in that club that gave everyone a lot of good reason to hate her. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that and, was her
0: character. That was she. She is a bad person. Really. Yeah. yeah. But all right. Speaking of of Harley and her film, I'm going to say it's her film. Uh, what did you think of the performance of uh, Margot Robbie and uh, in this film?
3: I feel like somebody asked her to do the voice as if she was doing a voice acting cartoon role. They really dialed it up to to, to kind of cartoonish levels, which I'm not against
0: yeah.
3: uh, a movie. You know, it can be a live action movie and behave like a cartoon. Um, but everyone else didn't sound like cartoon characters. Um, And I didn't mind it, but I've seen a few people saying that they thought it was quite irritating. And I can kind of understand that reaction to to the voice being that kind of cartoon. It was a lot more cartoon and sort of New York, I want to say, sounding than it was in Jersey. Yeah. It was a lot more of whatever that was than it was in Suicide Squad.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I think, I guess part of it comes from, I mean, she was in the whole, to be fair, she was in all of Suicide Squad as well. So my first thinking was that just because we saw her more and we heard her more, but then she did get a whole load of screen time in Suicide Squad. So yeah, I kind of sort of picked up on her voice, especially her voice compared to the other characters who, by and large, just all sounded normal. Uh, so it did stand out. I didn't necessarily have a problem with it. Like I said, there there was a point of me watching it where I, I was just I was in for the ride, so kind of accepted uh the the tone accepted the the voice and to be fair i i enjoyed watching her i thought she naturally stood out and uh yeah played it like very entertainingly um played her role really well
3: yeah definitely playing up to um the character and making it a bit more extreme and wacky i do really think that when they were writing this somebody had seen recently or remembered seeing tank girl. Uh. There was things to do with the, the jumpiness of the plot, the narration style, the very, very, you not like the comic books kind of costuming as well. I'm, I was not a fan of the costuming whatsoever. Oh, I felt it. No, I... I can see how they got there, but I really didn't like it. Um, and it just kept making me think, has someone working on this? recently seen Tank Girl because it felt like it was aiming at that kind of wacky out there comic booky tone.
1: Um I watched quite a few interviews before uh watching the film. Um so it's interesting that you commented on the accent, uh, because that was mentioned in one of the interviews how she was trying to get like a balance between the cartoonish kind of Harlequin accent to like a more realistic uh I think it's like from the Bronx or something.
0: I don't know. Um so somewhere around that area.
3: Somewhere showing there, our yeah. lack of American geography. Yeah I know yeah. she <laughs> apologised she <laughs> Some... was in the States. Yeah. <laughs> um
1: and the original her original accent that she went for was kind of more realistic and then she was told like that doesn't really it doesn't quite sound right for Harley um so then she added tried to like add more of the like kind of cartoon voice in there but I do agree I think it went too cartoon
3: it was maybe that's why the voiceover aspects narrating were so much of that kind of cartoon style maybe that's where they added that in because presumably that narration was something that was captured later in production
1: yeah, yeah maybe and um but yeah I feel like I don't know I always am, I feel like she's done a good portrayal but you can tell that she um ha- has only n- only knows harderquin from having this role rather than and like has learned because uh, something else that she said in the interview in one of the interviews, that I think really shows is that she doesn't understand. She doesn't really fully understand um, Harlequin's relationship with the Joker, which is why she kind of wanted this film uh, to be how it is. Yeah. Um. And, and I think it shows. Uh, because if you've ever been obsessed with anything. Um, or had someone obsessed with you, uh, there's definitely something about any mention of that thing or, or that person that always will send you certain feelings, regardless of how much you've detached yourself from said thing or person. Uh, and I don't think you can ever really break away from that. Um regardless of how toxic it is to you and that's kind of like the nature of addiction
0: um right so like she didn't uh, just her breaking away in itself I guess wasn't true to the character is that no, so I feel could like
3: portrayed it had... a bit more like a standard breakup. I yeah, feel yeah. a very ah, okay. extreme yeah, okay. version of a standard breakup. <laughs> the, yeah,
4: very extreme.
3: Like <laughs> a very dialed it's... up to eleven version, but not the same as an experience <laughs> yeah. of someone getting away from an abusive ah, okay. codependency situation. And that's partly yeah. probably because they just didn't want that. I mean, that would make it a completely different movie. Yeah,
1: yeah. But even uh, like just down <laughs> to the fact of like if the Joker's mentioned, like. I think that should send her a little more hysterical, you know, like maybe she does something a little bit more irrational. Uh, Cause yeah, that was my, my one thing I was like, you, I, you, I know you don't understand that relationship from this
3: uh, because they had enough time jumps, they could easily have put a time jump in that had said that no one had seen Harley for six months yeah um, to give an idea that maybe she went through a lot of things and now she's coming back, and because people don't believe she's actually broken away from it, she blows up the thing. yeah um, I felt like they they really didn't want to deal with any of those more serious things that are to do with Harley's portrayal, which in the comic books are very much dealt with um yeah. i I don't know if you've read the there's a plot line where um, Harley vanishes for some time because she's actually pregnant but she knows the child wouldn't be safe so she goes away, yes. is pregnant, gives the child away to her cousin, I think it is, and then comes back again and says, Joker didn't even notice I was gone.
1: Yeah, um, I've heard about that. Yeah, there's yeah. a
3: lot of those things that are dealt with a lot a lot more in the comics and I think for this movie, they wanted just those fun elements and they wanted just the the very brightly coloured, shiny, feel-good kind of aspects and I think they just... Yeah, they just didn't want to cover it.
1: Yeah, I feel like they feel... could have added just little little hints to it. A bit like, I'm going to go back to Fullmetal Alchemist here, because uh, I think they do it really well, that they cover some really, really, really dark topics. Um, but it's also covered in humour. Uh, yeah. And and I feel like they were a bit too cautious but, with, with article feel... around that.
0: It also felt like they they tried really hard not to put the Joker in this film any more than was necessary to sort of get it started. And I kind of if I use a comparison to um, uh, Spider-Man: Far From Home, there's a lot of because it which takes place after uh, Endgame, and there is still a lot of Tony Stark imprint on the world and on on the characters. Whereas here, it just it just felt like they just didn't want the Joker in this to maybe take mm-hmm. away from uh, any like yeah any distraction or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So that might be part of the reason why they didn't maybe treat the the relationship um yeah. as much at least on screen and kind of this happened now let's mm-hmm. focus on um on the birds of prey.
3: Yeah, they already yeah. had such a a busy cast that they didn't yes. have enough room yes. to flesh out the characters they had so if they then had to start doing more with characters that weren't relevant to the the plot mm. at hand where were they going to put that they'd need to add a lot more time onto the onto yeah. the runtime to do it because i already felt like they were rushing through definitely building the other the other supporting the other cast as it was so i think yeah. they, it had to partly be a runtime issue as well i i would assume but-
1: I still think it could have been added in a way that didn't have to add any s- extra story, literally just in terms of, like, acting. <laughs>
3: yeah. Just L- reactions. Little nods, reactions, yeah. her going silent, or hints that she'd eyes. been... Yeah, hints she'd put herself through loads of therapy or yeah. been away or something like that. Um, Some
1: more, like, gritted teeth moments, maybe. Just, like, yeah. or <laughs> even just times she could that have the joke had... is mentioned and it's, like...
3: Yeah. No she doesn't reaction. even, like
1: flinch <laughs> and I'm like no I, <laughs> I was about expecting... dairy and if someone like walks past with some cheese <laughs> 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 I react <laughs> yeah
3: she could have lasered her tattoos off as well yeah like they could have been or tattooed over them or changed something like that rather because yeah. all she did was throw away a necklace and cut her hair shorter yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um sort of, yeah. have a, a po- little bit.
1: poster with a few knives in it maybe Yeah. That would have been
3: dist- I would've had a Teddy
1: with his face (laughs) on it. That's that's like
3: good to know, Classy. It's good to know.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I'm learning a lot about you. I've been through like less serious breakups and had more of a
3: like
0: (laughs) reaction. Yeah, to...
3: come on. Because I think I... she would have lasered those tattoos if I was expecting them, because the tattoos were such a prominent bonding moment for them, I was expecting them yeah. to have done something to have lasered them off or changed them or put a yeah, cross changed, through them, um, gone over um, them or said, not anymore underneath yeah. daddy's little monster on that tattoo. um So, I, yeah, I was surprised that that was another way they could have easily, visually, in a few shots, shown her breaking away. Yeah. Okay.
0: And so, like you mentioned, sort of the the supporting cast and not having enough time to sort of get into them but what did what did you think of the other members of the cast and their their roles in the in the film because i i did get that impression also that there was a, a lot of focus on Harley Quinn naturally because it, it was her film but particularly in the early stages uh, like i was saying before that i was kind of sat there and because of the the jumping around and the way the narrative was done it just left me thinking kind of like who are these people really <laughs> and what do they want and that for me uh hurt some of the viewing early on because i couldn't like couldn't latch on to anything in terms of like motivation um although i did like uh some of the cast but what did you all think about the other cast members and uh, and how they were portrayed
3: i think they had too many too many I think that you could have focused on everyone a bit better if you'd had maybe one less person involved. Um I felt like Huntress was very much a, a plot device for a lot of it. Yeah, it did
0: um, feel like that. Particularly yeah, the she... way she her backstory was shown. So mm. I felt no one really got much of a backstory. She got the most of uh of any, but it was it was done in a very kind of uh, uh sort of tell and not show even though visually they showed it so uh, for example um black canary had a bit of a backstory where she was approached by uh, uh, montoya to help uh, in her case and she referenced her mother but that was very much a a case of, of here's her backstory we're just gonna exposition dump on that so, you know, she has a backstory and then move on. And Huntress got a bit more because we saw the scene of her family being sort of slain. But yeah, I just didn't, I didn't feel that there was much characterization and we didn't really get any, like, I didn't feel empathy, I guess. I, it just yeah. felt like well, a we bit got a told.
3: splash screen and a montage. Mm. You yeah. you know, And things felt a little bit cliche because of that. Somebody saying, I won't help the police because the police didn't help my mother. Um, <laughs> yeah, it it just true. was a way of hinting that. Um, she had some kind of, some kind of power. power um, yeah, that was all it was really there for. It didn't, it, it didn't add hugely in a lot of ways. They'd kind of just drop those lines in, and it was more sort of Easter egg feeling than, mm. than feeling like it was really adding a huge amount of depth because they never mentioned it again.
1: Yeah, exactly. I I didn't even know. I've heard the words black canary, but. Didn't know what that meant. <laughs> like, I didn't know who that was. And then so that, like, just line drop, it was, it was really weird. It was like, does she have powers then? Really, I feel like you could have just scrapped all that, uh, just had Harley saying about she's got a killer voice.
0: <laughs> okay. And
1: just kept on that kind of route without yeah. the... Well, they hinted thing.
3: it with and then, the, uh, the glass exploding yeah. in the glass. So we already knew that.
1: But they could have just left it at that without yeah. the like additional police thing. And then Huntress, it was like, um, I don't know, like she, she's got this somewhat like this what seems to be a really interesting backstory, and she's kind of like, <laughs> like <laughs> flick through the
3: pages. That's the only way I can really describe it. Yeah, yeah I um, get she that. Put the rocky music over her, kind of like. She was yeah. trained and she didn't like these people and she's crossing out like names on a children's drawing. And it was a, yeah, it was a little bit Rocky yeah. montage. I feel it felt it in places. Like,
1: oh, this would be cool, but there's just not enough time for it to be cool. It was like they're kind of lining up to have a next movie and they're like, how can we use this to like, if we want to make another one, if we, yeah. we want to make a sequel, like how can we set things up for it? <laughs>
0: yeah yeah okay but in saying that I did I mean I, I did mention sort of Hunter's backstory or, or sort of like they were but did I did actually like her character I sort yeah. of liked her just her ability in just taking out uh all these guys but also her awkwardness and her awkwardness with the others but then the others acceptance of her awkwardness speaking yeah. as an awkward person I appreciated that I am so... just kind of
3: like, that's how you are. like. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: I mean, that's cool. <laughs> and we like you.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. So, what yeah. did
4: you
3: guys make of Cassie being a completely new character unrelated to the comic books? Because I was quite frustrated that they could have just called her something else because yeah, now cause... we can't have Cassie in the movies because she's been effectively retconned.
0: Because this was brought up by um, uh, Gail Simone who, who... – Uh, there's a writer in the the comics that she was sort of disappointed with her character and she was saying that it could have just been another person so I guess my thought was well, why would they not make it another person if the because it's not like you're changing I mean I I don't know how yeah I I was just confused that why would they not make it another person
3: yeah I I felt it was a, a strange choice because cassie's like within with the comic book fans although she's not known by you know sort of people that um just just watch movies or just consume the the tv series and things so much but with the comic book fans cassie's quite a liked character cassandra Kane is um is, is bat girl for a bit and she has a very cool costume and she's kind of a dark brooding
0: yeah
3: bat girl um and this is a
0: completely different character oh
3: yeah this had no relation whatsoever um You can look at people like Dinah's character and say, okay, that isn't Black Canary from the comic books, but it is a Black Black Canary. Um, And the same with Huntress. Huntress, I mean, she's had a few different origin stories. She's been done a few times in the comics, but that is pretty similar to various versions of Huntress in the comic books. Harley Quinn, uh, a a different version of Harley Quinn, but she's clearly Harley Quinn. Um, So, well, yeah, it was quite a, a weird choice to to do that, um, rather than just make her something completely fresh and new, because now everyone's going to judge it, thinking in the back of their minds if they're a comic book fan, and now we'll never actually get Cassandra Kane.
0: Yeah.
3: It's a comparison yeah, yeah. they didn't need to put themselves up against, because I think I, it makes it harder to judge what they've actually made.
0: I guess, yeah, that's what I was trying to think of before, where in terms of like uh, movie-going audiences, it's not like it's a known character, so it's not like they had to do this. They could have just given literally, just <laughs> kept any everything name. the same, and given her a, yeah any any name, and then it would you would have upset no one. Yeah. So yeah, I thought it was a strange decision.
3: Did, was anyone else highly, highly, highly irrationally frustrated that the hyena was called Bruce, or was that just me?
0: Oh, <laughs> you, I
1: thought it was funny. I was the reason why they <laughs> only had one hyena. <laughs> it all makes perfect sense. But then again, I I. The interviews before really helped with that. Yeah. Because <laughs> they, just, just they could only afford to have one CGI. It was CGI over
3: an actual dog, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. They
1: could and they could only afford like one. Uh really expensive apparently to CGI a hyena.
3: It, nicely done. It had a lot um, of character, that hyena. It did. <laughs> yeah, it
1: did. It was
3: oh, cute. Glad it and survived. then I kind of liked the kind of like
1: hint of like we oh. know that Harley thinks like a batman's hot like everyone does right Um, it a lot (laughs) yeah and it was just kind of like oh i named him after that hunk like and it was kind of showing that she's open to other possibilities after the joker which i think was a nice little charge and also made him her pet which I thought was funny. <laughs> it, it's
3: completely irrational on my part, but it just, I think it's partly because I love the hyenas so much. I mean, my one of my plans for retirement is to get two huge Alsatian dogs and call them Bud and Lou. So <laughs> it was one of those things for me that I was just kind of like, it just gave me a, a completely irrational, unjustified twitch that there was only one hyena, even though my brain told me and you have now confirmed budget was the reason. reason yeah. Um, yeah, and
1: at least they hinted towards like, um, did they, or is this? Did I make it up? A hinted towards like her getting more hyenas. <laughs> like she's kind of got a love now. That would um, be
3: good because it would it would make you know it, it it it's one of those things which distracted me through the movie that really shouldn't have. Um, yeah,
1: I wanted to comment as well on like the fact that how these like characters work together. Um, So even though uh, in terms of backstory uh, and pointing out who the characters are, which I think was done way better than uh, Suicide Squad.
4: (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
0: But um,
1: the way the characters were as a whole together as a group uh, was something that I thought was really nice and refreshing. uh, Because obviously this was a badass all-girls. Uh, group and there were some, there were a lot of moments in this film that you could tell that women were at the head of making this Uh, and I can see some of my male friends having points where they're a little bit uncomfortable uh, at some situations Uh, and then me and my female friends telling them that, huh Yeah, can relate. (laughs) And then get really upset uh, because it's just something that they don't have to put up with um, and so might not realise how normal it is uh, when it shouldn't be. Uh, So the the scene in the club where Black Mask makes the girl take off her dress.
4: Yeah. uh,
1: Not shocking, it kind of was like very fitting of the scene, uh, and I liked how they made the rest of the characters very awkward in that situation.
0: Yeah, that did get very tense, um, making
3: the music cut out and stuff like that. Yeah, and to, considering to show it how slapstick this
1: film was, uh, it was one of the few like very serious points that they kind of like sat on and yeah. let you let you think about that one.
3: Uh, Before they then blew him up with a grenade. Grenade, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, so
0: back to yeah, that was the one moment—not a grenade, the the uh, classic yeah. where it was it was weird for me, just like again tonally, particularly for that character, because he came off like very slapstick to then have that very serious and awkward moment. Yeah, uh, and then at that point it, I was like, he's an asshole. Yeah, like, so oh so. my god. <laughs> So yeah, it was just like a weird kind of uh transition in in, mm-hmm. in tone, but I'm gonna mention that character again.
1: Yeah. Um the other moments were that I found hilarious, uh, and like very Yeah, this is this is a female cast and a lot of females were involved with this. There's a point where Harley changes into her skates. <laughs> and Black oh, yeah. Goes, <laughs> yeah. when, when did, did she... she have time to have a shoe t- change? <laughs> i don't there's...
3: think it was the shoe change for me it was the hairband
1: yeah and i was just about to say the next bit was the hairband <laughs> uh and she's just like oh god like this hair um and i was like do you need a do you need a hairband yes uh because there's a lot of times i don't know about uh for you bex but when i'm watching especially an action movie and i'm like the hair and makeup is too perfect <laughs> And it's like, it would be causing me so much problems. How do you even, how? And then I was like, nice, I'm happy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, as someone with super short hair, I've never had to consider that.
3: Yeah, uh, as somebody <laughs> in the goth community, we've, a lot of us have got long hair, so <laughs> this kind of thing <laughs> happens in clubs in a in a regular basis. Someone's dancing and someone else will give them a hairband. <laughs> So yeah, that that's pretty that's pretty common across the board in uh in in sort of the the metal and the, and the golf clubs anyway. So I could relate to to that bit, especially since it was in a sort of like you know what well, was in a a, a carnivals type situation. But it it reminded me a bit of clubs. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So yeah. I guess um, I mean I don't know if we're if we're necessarily going to push any more Blu-rays uh, out of this, but I was interested in, interested to know uh, just looking. Back on recent DC entries, where do you think this film like ranks in, current, in terms of t- recent DC movies? And how do you think DC are doing uh, in general since, particularly since Suicide Squad and, and that that period of films?
3: I think DC need to listen to everyone everywhere who is saying you make amazing animated things. You aren't. You don't sort of have as much close control over what happens with the animated ones, you tend to let the directors do their own thing a bit more. And those are all amazing. And the movies, they keep trying different things. And I find it difficult to even compare the DC movies to each other because they are so vastly different. Look at the tone and the style of something like Aquaman versus yeah. this versus Batman versus Joker. Superman. <laughs> and I I think that they're seeing that where they have given a bit more creative control to the directors, um, you look at something like Joker and you, you look at, although some parts of um, birds of prey does seem jumpy and does have some tonal switches and things, it's still a lot more cohesive than suicide squad was. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they, if they just let people have a bit more control over that movie and let them be a bit more standalone and a bit more um, contained with a bit more freedom then they're going to make better movies because I honestly can't rank them because I just don't. I, I feel like I'm comparing apples to oranges. Mm.
0: Yeah, I get that. I I'm, mean, yes, Suicide Squad is definitely at the bottom, but yeah, from there it's like where do you put them?
1: I'm definitely like more impressed uh, with DC at the moment, and I'm looking forward to them making good movies. And like, I like completely agree with you, Bex. Like, just let them let let the directors have more creative freedom give them bigger budgets as well so that we can have two hyenas Yeah, just enough budget
3: for the extra hyena <laughs> that would help me so much even though it's such a stupid thing i shouldn't care about but at least in this they had um that the, the action sequences the fight sequences lovely choreography we had some of that roller derby stuff in there yes. even if yeah. i would have preferred the costumes to be a bit more in keeping with, with the Roller Derby um, uh, costumes in the comic books, because I felt like she, she stood out too much from the world around her. She stood out more in this film compared to normal people than she does currently in the comic book because she was so brightly colored, sort of
0: yeah, late 80s,
3: early 90s party girl raver kind of look they had going yeah. there.
0: And um, her alone, because everyone else's wardrobe was quite muted in comparison, in particular.
3: Yeah, she couldn't sneak around. Um, and it made sense at the the beginning of the movie where she was just walking around like she was invincible because no one would touch her because she was with joker but i I would have liked to have seen things like that get um, <laughs> be addressed and changed a little bit as uh, as things as things went on um, but yeah, yeah, a little bit more budget so we can have even more of that that action because they 've shown that they can do uh, yeah. really lovely choreography and planning with it really inventive in in that um out there, you know, in the hall of mirrors and those giant hands and all the bits of the set moving. And, that scene uh, was
1: so well done.
3: Yeah. That loads was, of good stunts so and, and things like that. And I, I'd love to see more of that because um, that was a really good blend of comic book mentality and bringing something into the real world.
0: Mm, yeah. I mean, my takeaway was, so I agree with what you're saying and just seeing their, their willingness to sort of branch out into those, um uh, adult rated uh, standalone films as well is actually might be a good space for them because obviously we've seen a success with Joker. Um, I thought Birds of Prey was a a entertaining film and it, for me, it showed some promise of what uh, could be in future. So I'm kind of, I'm more optimistic about DC films definitely than I was maybe this time last year.
3: Yeah. Uh, I think they've got more opportunity to make something strong yeah. if they do that,
4: um, yeah. because you
3: look at things like Aquaman and the standalone Wonder Woman movie, the first one, and things like that. They're they're nice comic book movies. There's nothing wrong with them, um, but they aren't. They're, they're, there's no particular aspect of them that makes them stand out. They're just well put together examples of what they are. Origin yeah, story competent. comic book movies, yeah, and yeah. and I enjoyed watching them, but that they, they, I think they have a better run at making something that actually stands out. Yeah. Um, if if they veer off in in a slightly different direction, um, and just be a bit braver, I think with their choices.
0: Hmm. Okay. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with that. Uh. So yeah, I mean, let us know what you think uh, if you've seen it and you want to kind of give us your thoughts, you can get in touch at uh, feedback at com, and yeah, we'll read your comments out in a future episode. So uh, we're going to move on and I'm just going to talk a bit about some things I picked up uh, in a film and sort of uh, give a tip, a uh, storytelling tip you might want to keep in mind depending on what kind of stories you're looking to create. Uh, so the tip is around to making your protagonist a bad person because even though your protagonist is your main character, it doesn't necessarily mean your protagonist has to be good. Uh, whatever good means in the context of your, of your story. So we've seen that here with Harley Quinn. Uh, we've seen that previously with Joker. Um, and I feel watching the film that there are certain elements that he could have done better on to take better advantage of making the protagonist a bad person. And as I was watching the film and sort of thinking about it later, I just felt there was some missed opportunities. So for example, things that came to mind were uh, Breaking Bad and uh, Walter White, who, I mean, in the beginning he was, you know, just a, a regular guy, but uh, by the end became pretty much uh, an evil character. Uh, but in showing him at the beginning, we kind of see a man in a difficult uh, and relatable situation. So him not having uh, the money to deal with his recent cancer diagnosis, we understand what he's going through and we empathize. So that kind of gets us along in the character journey and really gets us to understand where that character is coming from. Uh, and I felt that was something that was missed in, uh, Birds of prey, where because of the the lack of characterisation, uh, at least I I felt I didn't really empathise a whole lot with the group as a whole. So when they're going on uh, doing all these like uh, mad actions and everything, it's like it was yeah, it was just hard to empathise. Uh, another good example from the world of anime and manga is Death Note, where you have this character Light, who again is a regular guy at the beginning gets this uh, book which gives him the power uh, of life and death over other people, and we understand his motivation, so we understand that he has this motivation to rid the world of uh, terrible people, and another example is uh, Megamind, and you have the character Hal who is a... Sorry, the the character Megamind who is a villain, but you also have the character Hal who is even worse, so I guess... My issue with Birds of Prey is that the the protagonist can be a bad person, but it means you need to have an antagonist that's even worse. And I felt they missed an opportunity with Black Mask, who, uh, for me at least, I couldn't see why he was necessarily the villain, other than, other than that weird sort of space where the, the tone shifted in that club scene. He was quite a, uh, I took him as a silly character, um, and it, by comparison wasn't, me worse, like much worse than what uh Harley Quinn was doing. Uh, and then again the going to the, the lack of characterization means that it's hard to empathize with sort of your protagonist if you don't know too much about them or don't care too much about what they're going through. So I guess my 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 tip is if you're looking to make a story where your protagonist is going to be a bad person, make sure they are at least uh, empathetic and it's clear where their motivations are coming from and not just like telling their motivations, but really showing and taking the audience, uh, through their experience. So when it does come in the case of Walter White, when he does become sort of this, this terrible, terrible person, you kind of, you still remember like where he's come from and, and you have that with him. Uh, and then the second tip off that is if your protagonist is going to be bad, your antagonist needs to be much worse, uh, and I felt the portrayal of Black Mask uh, in this was quite weak, and meant that, yeah, it's just it's it's hard to see like why uh, he was any worse than anyone else, and why his goal should be stopped. Like, what was at stake if he were to win, other than uh, the issues around the diamond? So, yeah, just keep those two things in mind. Sort of your protagonists, whether they're good or bad. Still, need to be empathetic and show the audience what that character is going th- through and where they're coming from. And if your protagonists are going to be bad people, your antagonists need to be clearly worse. Uh, so, yeah, those are my uh, tips. If you're making your own stories, let us know if you've created characters, protagonists in particular, that are bad people and how you've kind of portrayed them in your story. So with that, we're going to move on to uh, talk about our guests and find out what Bex is up to.
1: Uh, So Bex, uh, you have a YouTube channel, a Twitch channel, and you also do some things around events. I'd love to hear more about what you have coming up.
3: Yeah, we just celebrated four years on the YouTube channel, so that's been quite exciting. I've got some more interviews and things to put up there with indie comic and indie games creators. I've also still got quite a lot of footage from my five weeks in Japan last year, which needs editing and putting up, which includes uh, my visit to the Studio Ghibli Museum in Tokyo and also retro game shopping there um, which I need to sort through hundreds and hundreds of clips because I kept seeing many many things I wanted to film and got a little bit trigger happy with my camera (laughs) (laughs) Um, so that's going to be lots of fun to edit Um, the only other thing I've got coming up in the next few weeks is that I'm going to be um, hosting and presenting some panels over at retro and indie gaming event play expo Margate which is um, yeah just in a couple of weeks time so that should be fun as well
0: cool can i just say that um the the first time i met pex was i believe at hybrid japan because you interviewed me
3: yeah for inter- samurai yeah. chef
0: yeah yeah no i still remember that thanks for that
3: no it's good it was lovely of you of you to talk to me and share what you were working on so i could share it with with my audience and hopefully yeah more people now know why they need a samurai monkey chef in their life <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't need one of those? I know, right? (laughs) Exactly.
1: Awesome. Um, So we are going to go into some of our listener questions um, that we have got through our social media. So the first one is from Kawhi Prince on Insta. What do you think of Harley Quinn's transition from the Suicide Squad movie to Birds of Prey?
0: Hmm. So, I mean, it was better just because I feel like I'm just just um, tearing down Suicide Squad, but I really didn't like it. <laughs> so it was better for me. It was just a um, better portrayal. And I think I appreciated Suicide Squad. At least it gave us a chance to sort of see more of Harley Quinn uh, in her element. And uh, I guess the, the the benefit you have from a sort of female writer and female director is you get that different take and maybe more, I guess, balanced take, less of a male gaze take and more of a just here's the character uh, having fun in this world with uh, another cast of characters.
3: I think for me, they... Um, they tried one thing in Suicide Squad they tried a different thing in this movie I'm hoping they can find a balance in the next one because I still feel like they're still in some ways a little bit figuring out how Harley's going to work on screen I definitely enjoyed them adding in the roller derby elements, them adding in a lot more of the the slapsticks, the gymnastics the, the sense of fun um, without necessarily needing it to look really, really, really cool which they seem to be quite preoccupied with in suicide squad with all the splash screens and fancy um graphic transitions and things um but i think for me they they've uh they've still got a little bit of work to do to find that the perfect balance for for this version of harley um but there definitely were some moments in this where i felt a lot more um connection to the comic books definitely i agree a lot with Becks. Uh like needing to find that middle ground.
1: I think Suicide Squad Harley was uh, a little bit darker. Obviously, it's a more, mm, it wanted to be more of a serious film. It didn't quite know where it wanted to be. (laughs) Um, But definitely Harley Quinn's character had more of a, not so much more of a serious tone, because she was still like just silly Harley Quinn in that, but she had that more of a serious side to her. In Suicide Squad, even if it was very brief, you still got that. Um, and then Birds of Prey was way more slapstick, bright, colourful, cheery um, Harley. And I'd like to see something in the middle where it is like we got a bit, we've got a bit dark, but we've also still got a bit of that slapstick comic book vibe yeah uh so our next question is from kota kitty on insta and twitter how refreshing is it to see a comic film with a cast of strong female characters and do you think this will be a kick in the right direction for future films in regards for female casting
3: Who's going who first? wants to jump in
0: on that? Max, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you think?
3: Uh, I, I, I'm going to hark back slightly to um, the comment I made earlier about Tank Girl, because people seem to have forgotten Tank Girl again. <laughs> That's a comic yeah, book Yeah, to be movie. fair, I did
0: forget Tank Girl until you, um, you mentioned it. I was like, oh yeah, that did happen.
3: Yeah, we've had that. And um, as someone who watches anime, there's a load of comic book movies which have these these things in as well. Um, so the question, I guess, is mainly about mainstream hollywood picking up these kinds of castings um and we've had a few comic book based things we've had elita battle angel and this um so um yeah i would definitely like to see more of everything and more more, more diversity means more of the comic books i like getting made so yeah um I'm, I'm hopeful that maybe titles that in the past wouldn't have necessarily been considered for large big budget movies um uh, may now be put on the table
1: I think it was definitely refreshing, um, and it was nice to have this female, like these female characters, that were they did not depend on the male characters to be like these really cool, cool, cool ladies, cool characters. Um, they there were men in it that might have like nudged their characters in certain directions, but they weren't like the the leading uh sort of roles in where they were going. And the the all the all the all of the characters in this were very independent and I liked that. Um and they did like gain their independence throughout it. And also just like the additions of like what being a female actually is, like we said about the hairband. Um I think it's nice when If you're gonna add certain, if a film's gonna have realism in it, uh, then we need to also add the realism of like just little silly things about being a female, like being able to tie your hair back, or you know, your makeup getting messed up, so you have to like redo it on the train. Um, Like if you've got something going on that you want that done for, just little things, and I think it's important just to have that. Just someone else's angle can add elements of like that those realism elements to it uh without it being like just someone being in this like really sexy outfit and looking perfect 100 percent of the time um but yeah
0: yeah i mean i i definitely appreciate more representation and uh, it always frustrates me slightly when films like this where there is sort of um Say a female cast and female writer and director, uh, and sort of people. I say ignorant people will label it as some kind of agenda or uh, or something that's negative. But I feel yes, we do need more diversity. So when say Black Panther came out, for example, and you're and you're getting that showcase of talent of different types of um, black roles, I think that's important to avoid that whole stereotyping thing. So here we have a film where you have different types of female characters uh, and that's i feel that can only be a good thing so uh, i i hope to see more of this kind of thing so you're just getting different kinds of perspectives different types of stories and hopefully just more and more and more better stories
1: definitely um thank you so much for those questions that were sent in if you do have any questions for us or any comments in general that you would like to send in to us you can contact us at feedback at myamada.com or on our social media at myamada on twitter at myamada teas on instagram or at tazzy on both
0: great so we're now at the end of our first show of our second season i think that's the right order of words but uh, yeah I'll just say sort of thank you for Bex for joining us and giving us your sort of like th- thoughts and, and things on the show um, yeah thanks for coming down virtually because yeah we're not like in a studio or anything just to pull back the curtain a little bit but yeah we're thank you for joining fast. us. You're
3: ruining the magic! <laughs> no
0: this is this is this is the real kind of thing this is the kind of show we have we tell the people what is really going on in this in this show
3: that we've got Skype. Yes. <laughs> yes. just like no. There's, no,
0: there's no mystery uh, in our show this is how the sausage is made people. But you know <laughs> so uh, thank you for joining us. <laughs> it's been I don't know I was about to go on like a whole other rant uh, there. But um yeah, it's been uh yeah, great talking to you.
3: Yeah, thank you for inviting me on and uh yeah, hope to hope to get to talk to you about more movies in future.
0: Cool. So, yeah, you can find uh, this and all our previous episodes of Story X Story on all places where you can find podcasts, pretty much. So Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud. And if you would like to get episodes 24 hours early, you can consider supporting us on Patreon. We are storytellers, so you can catch my matter, manga um, and stories on our website, uh, including the brand new hot lunch volume one which is available right now um, online and at upcoming events so however you want to kind of uh, get it from us you can and tickets to our next gamepad event are also on sale so you can join us in june june 20th for a day out day out of games Uh, hopefully we'll have a sunny day but you can never tell with british weather but yeah Um, check that out too so our next show is a a new format we're trying something out we're going to be bringing you every so often uh, shows where we discuss a single topic so Tazia and i will be talking about whether the mcu will see the same success in this decade as it did the last so you can find out our thoughts about that on the next show our email address is feedback at mymatter.com. You can send us your feedback on anything we've discussed today and also check us out on our website, mymatter.com slash story. Uh, until next time, we will see you all later. Bye.